Okay, so what what did we talk about last time? We went over where you guys started. The idea. The idea and the progression to get to Kickstarter and getting that sweet paycheck. Mm, that's right. Mm, that's true. We talked a little bit about getting the sweet paycheck. Yes, and, and depositing the sweet paycheck. And how it felt. And how it felt. Yeah. So where do you go from there? So you have the money. Now what? That's what no one knew at Kickstarter back then. <laughs> <laughs> Time to deliver. That's true. We, um, we, we, talked about, we talked about the Kickstarter last time. Yeah. So we, we, you know, we finished Kickstarter. Next step was make this. Time to make the product. That's true. Uh, yeah. So after we, uh, we, yeah, we deposited the sweet paycheck, and then it was time to build. Really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and then we went to hit print, and we were like, oh, how do you how do you make something? What do we do now? <laughs> <laughs> so we so we went to some firms, right? Well, yeah. So so I think first we were, I think we asked around in the area, like yeah. people who have built stuff before. And I think and there that, were people around. Yeah. I think that everybody built their consumer goods in, in China. Yeah. And so we're like, okay, we don't, um, oh, we don't make things here. We make them in China. So, mm-hmm. and then it became really obvious, like, uh, everything that we bought was in China. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, we, yeah. So we engaged with some firms, um, that did like manufacturing overseas, mm-hmm. and we basically said, "Okay, here, here, here's the product. This is um, actually, you know what? Before we did that, we actually designed it. Yeah, the design firms, it right. I mean, it was still firms. Yeah, but I was trying to remember because there's one we still work with now. We could, we could give a shout out to Tech. Let's yeah. go Detect. But I'm trying to think, how do we even find them? Was it just pure Google searches for design firms? Yeah, I think we did. I think we Google searched, and um, yeah. they're uh, they were out of Asia, and so um, how to make a phone soap? How to make a phone soap? And the nice thing is, you know, you go to the websites, and you're like, it feels really good. Yeah. Whether they're whether they're overselling or not, you go online, and it's like, oh, we design it, and we design it to be manufacturing ready. It's like, oh, that's what we need. Nice. <laughs> well, yeah. So like a lot of, a lot of the firms that we went to that were like based in the U.S. were um, like. To just design mm. it would be more than yeah that check more money was than we had. that check was about sixty and I bet the design is about sixty alone yeah yeah so it was um, yeah it was it was we're like okay we can't do that and so yeah. we um, we stumbled across detect I forget exactly how but mm-hmm. they um, they were more in our budget I think it was uh, I can't remember what it was maybe maybe it was. 10, 15, yeah, maybe max 20. Max. And I really do think you're right. I think it's kind of in that 10 range to really. Because we still, were, get it off we the still were like, oh, we got to manufacture this still. So it needs yeah. to be. And who knew what tooling was back then, right? Yeah. <laughs> Which we'll get into. But yeah, so nobody, you got to say, we just room. said it, but nobody knows what tooling is. <laughs> we'll tell you soon. So yeah, so Detect, great fit. Still yeah. great, great relationship with uh, Daniel Romer over there. And Yep. Yeah. So we. Nice. Um, so we engaged with them to design it. And so basically we... Well, and design it, right? So we had something designed. Right. And at that point, I think we still felt like it would look the same. Just make it manufacturing ready. Yeah. But... 
So, I mean, we kind of had some ideas of, um, like, how we wanted it to function, like, in general, right? Um, if you look at – maybe we got a – you want to hand us one of the – the. this is basically what they designed back in the day. Yeah, this is an close. updated version, but Do we have a Kickstarter version? Uh, we have – we have a – I think so. I we did. We do, but it, it doesn't look like the one that I think is the original one, but okay. – so we can go grab but we do it. have one that says Kickstarter on it. Mm. So the one, yeah, the one on Kickstarter was actually um, it would it was would it? like slide the middle would slide out. So it's oh, kind of yeah. like an Oreo. You have the top part and the bottom part, and the middle would slide out. I mean, like like that, right? Yep. And you drop your phone in there. Yeah, but you drop your phone in there and slide it back in. And so uh, that was the first thing that that we worked on with them, which is like, okay, basically we have this you know, concavity where we're going to put a phone. And so it's like, how do you open up the product to put it, the phone inside? And mm-hmm. so in Kickstarter, we had it sliding out, like you just said. Yeah. Um, but then the question was like, okay, what's the easiest way to do that? Do you have it open up like a clamshell? Do you have the top slide back? Yeah, we had a lot of options. And I think that's what they told us, right? Which is you have something designed. And I don't know if we knew immediately or they knew immediately that it wasn't really manufacturable or more just like, hey, our process is we're going to give you a few different ideas beyond just what you had there. But either way, it's, yeah. it turned into more than just the the one design we had there. Yeah. So, yeah, so it was basically three different ways to open open a box, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. And so uh, we decided that the clamshell was kind of the most universal thing. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got yeah. your laptop and you've got – just people are used to this versus sliding. It takes up the least amount of room, you know, mm-hmm. mechanically the simplest. And so uh, we decided to go with that. And so once we we knew it was going to open on a hinge like this, then we had to decide um, what is it was the aesthetic going to be. And mm-hmm. so um, that was the second thing that we worked on with them. And it kind of ended up a little bit like a um, like a fat MacBook. Yeah. Or like a or like a soap, and it's a fun process. They give you mood boards, you might call them, yep. different uh, products that they think look similar or, or have a similar idea. And so you start with um, different textures, different feels, different looks, and uh, you know you can kind of take those design. Um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, I forgot the word right on the podcast, but you <laughs> perfect. Know, basically, design ideas, yeah, <laughs> threads. Like at that time, there are certain things that are in and certain things that aren't. Um, so it was a lot of fun to explore, you know, what what companies were doing at the time and how we could, you know, look like them, but then maybe take a step even further in the future. And how many of the first version did you make? Like the ones that design language is what I was looking for. Oh, this way. Oh, design yeah. language. Okay, edit That's that in. It. Yeah, edit that in. Um, but the one that slides out. How many of those were made? Um, we just make one. Just the one? Just the one? Just the one for Kickstarter, okay. yeah. Which for like Kickstarter purposes was probably easier, right? Because it was yeah. CNC, right? I mean, different than actually producing plastic, which is funny. It was almost on the smaller scale. Mm-hmm. It was the easier one to produce. Larger scale, harder one to produce. So then the first, yeah. the one that like you actually distributed after that was the clamshell, but more like the phone soap. Yeah. Two. So, so I think that's the one that we have is like phones up phones two. two. Yeah, version. they all basically, I mean, they look like this. What, what we changed is like how the cable was routed through it. So that was the other thing is is once the device is closed in the original, we like 
routed the cable through the box and into the phone to charge your phone. Oh, okay. Now we just have a little yeah. groove right there and block the light with this flap. And so. that, that was one of the scariest things. And looking back now, it doesn't, it shouldn't have been. So I don't know if we're there yet or not, but like at the end of that design process, there was a moment where it's like, okay, we have to let them know that we are giving them something that looks different. And that felt heavy. Didn't it feel really heavy? You remember that? Yeah. Like people are going to be mad. And, and maybe, maybe we should have been a little yeah, more Yeah, it's not going to slide out anymore. It's going to be but, a clamshell. But at the end of the day, it was like, it delivered exactly what we said. Better than we said, right? Yeah. It did the killing, it did the charging, and it frankly had a better look. So, but I remember that I was so. like a hard. A ner- yeah, people were like, it nervous. looks completely different, and it did look completely different. It opened completely different, but were people mad? Yeah, they were. They were mad about it. Yeah. Nice. There's so, always got to be someone. Got to be someone. Yeah. You can, yeah you can. Uh, what does Steve Jobs always say? You can please some of the people some of the time. Yeah. That's about all you but can you do. But you can't please all the people all the time. Yeah, exactly. So um, we uh, so once we kind of had the design, we looked. So we had a great design. We thought it was just basically what you see here is you know, and it's, we've had it for a lot of years, and it's kind of mm-hmm. actually it is pretty, pretty classic, pretty classic. It's aged well. We knew that it had to be universal, even for Kickstarter, right? We we wouldn't have the money to make. It, we don't want it to be like a phone case, right? Yeah. We have a different version for every phone and every yeah. year. So, you know, there was, there was a, there's always been a universal look because it was very universal in usage also. Yeah. So we kind of, uh, after the design was done, we kind of knew, okay, these are, these are the pieces. You've got one, two, three, four pieces of plastic. You've got the electronics and then you have the UV bulbs and, uh, the quartz. So we, we kind of had our bill of materials. Mm-hmm. Um, all laid out, and that's when we went uh, shopping for manufacturers overseas. Mm-hmm. And there's lots of contract manufacturers out there, and we got some uh, referrals uh, to several that um, other companies that manufactured in the area used over there. Mm-hmm. And that's where it got kind of depressing. Yes, that's because where the dollar bills started to stack up. Yeah, because we we sent out a design that we thought was like pretty economical to produce and um the price tag came came back really high so Mm. like i think on kickstarter we said okay we're gonna a pledge of like 40 bucks yeah it sounds right basically we're pricing this at 40 bucks right Mm -hmm. yeah and um and like the price tag came back to make it like at 30 35 yeah so it's like oh shoot we can't And, and that and that's you know before shipping it to the U.S. and before shipping it to the customer, right? Yes, yeah, so we're like it's too it's too tight. We can't make it, and so um, and that's also another another scary moment. That's the next scary moment. Lots of scary moments in starting a business. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, like how do you? Yeah, where do you go from here? It's kind of heavy. Yep, because you have people's money. Yep, and you have your word, right? Yeah, you want to deliver. You have to deliver. Yeah, and so we were like, shoot, did we design it in a way that was too expensive? But you know, no, we. We designed it, you know, kind of in the in the most economical way possible. Um, but what happened was there was just – so we didn't know anything about manufacturing, obviously. We just had a bunch of quotes back. And so um, we're like, shoot, mm-hmm. um, how can we make this cheaper? And so that was kind of what we obsessed over. Mm-hmm. And so um, what we did actually was we uh, took the bill of materials and um, we used – we found instead of using a contract manufacturer that would have their staff go and and source all of the different pieces, we um, 
we found the manufacturer of each of those pieces and like priced out each specific piece. Like what does it cost to just do the plastic? What does it cost to just buy the bulb straight from the manufacturer? What does it cost to, uh, you know, for the PCB, for the power adapter, like each piece of it, we broke down and kind of, um, added them all up to see if we could get, um, if how close we got to the yeah. quotes we got from the contract manufacturers. Yeah. yeah. Because there's a whole unknown of like, yeah. Um, like are they charging how, yeah. us too much? <laughs> how yeah. close are they actually like, is it really that much or are they making half that? Yeah. There's so many unknowns going into working overseas for the first time or manufacturing the first time. Taking advantage of mm-hmm. Kickstarter people. Sure. Yep. So, yeah. Yeah. People that were obviously green and didn't know what they were doing. And so, um, you know, we were really detailed actually in that part, um, you know, not just the plastics, but like, um, you know, how much does it cost to paint mm-hmm. the plastic using this material and different things? Because we knew all the materials that would make the product like fun- like work, right? Mm-hmm. Like this couldn't be – the some stuff you can't just – you can't replace it, right? Like the quartz can't be replaced because – with glass because it would block the UV light that yeah. kills the germs. So. There were some non-negotiables, you know, that was one of them. Obviously, the the lamps needed to be actual UVC and not any other wavelength, yeah. the right wavelength. So there were some, some things we couldn't change. But um, what we did in, in breaking it down piece by piece and finding out, like, what each piece cost, there were, like, some obvious uh, quotes that we got back that were, like, super, super gougy, you know? Mm-hmm. We're like, how does it, you know— how is it this expensive when all the pieces are just this much, right? Yeah. And so uh, we narrowed it down to um, two or three manufacturers that were like actually not like in the ballpark of what we estimated they should be based on the component prices of all, of all the pieces. And so um, we decided to start working with them more closely to see like how could we reduce the cost, right? And so um, what it actually came down to at the time was – uh, the most expensive piece of the product was the quartz plate. And just because quartz is usually like produced in tubes and things, you know, but we wanted this large quartz plate that, you know, you really just couldn't buy off the shelf. And so yeah. um, that is that was my endeavor of uh, going to China and trying to visit all of the uh, manufacturers of quartz, period. And... Um, and so that was fun. Yeah. How long was that quest? Um, it was several months, actually. Wow. So we used, um, for like for like pricing and sourcing, uh, you know, ourselves, we just used, we went to Alibaba and found manufacturers of the specific pieces. Got it. Instead of just contract manufacturers of mm-hmm. products, you know. So I was able to, so I got a list of, of um, manufacturers that, um, Every manufacturer in China that I could find that produced quartz, and then we visited them. And going through and talking about their process and how to um, get the price of this specific component down, um, just because there's – in a lot of quartz um, applications, it's like the purity is really important, you know, for for other uh, purposes like um, chemical interactions and things like that. But for us, we just cared about like the optical quality. Yeah. of it for the UV light. And so um, what we came down to is like to produce a, a plate like this in mass 
quantity with a um, with a level of like quality that was you know acceptable. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that we found out is we could get the price down a lot if we didn't reject likes like ones that didn't look perfect, you know. Mm-hmm. And so some of them had like waves in them, and um, and it it didn't look bad. Now we haven't seen we haven't seen a yeah. that for a while. But like yeah. when we very first started, the very first phone soaps, the the, the quartz plate was all like a little bit wavy and stuff. It functioned. Still how, works. It worked yeah. exactly how we needed it to. It just didn't look like as. You know, we fine tuned it now, and yeah. mm-hmm. we obviously build a lot more of them than we did the first time. But so that was uh, that was the turning point where we were actually like boots on the ground, um, talking to the people that actually made this piece, and we're like, okay, why does it cost this much? You know, can we um, can we uh, can the percentage of silica be a little bit different and still get the optical properties that we need? Um, you know. Do the corner, how polished do the corners need to be if they're like touching the plastic and things like that? So we basically, um, we basically got the price down <laughs> and we connected that manufacturer of the quartz plate with the contract manufacturer that was ordering and doing all the plastics and the assembly and all those things. And um, when we plugged that piece into their bill of materials and it got us into, I think it was still really expensive. Yeah, it's still double. But like, but like now. the $20 range, you know? Yeah, that's right. And so, um, but you still have to move forward, right? That's still more expensive than you thought, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think it's worth noting, because I don't know if we'll talk about it later, um, just over time, we were able to bring that down further and further. And, yeah. you know, I think Wes mentioned part of that is quantity. We make a whole lot more. But also just, you know, putting more than one shark in the tank, right? Um, finding out who else can manufacture and using more than one partner. And mm. obviously you want to trust a relationship, but, you know, at least for us early on, yeah, that was important over the next few years. That's kind of fast forwarding, but just looking at price and manufacturing in general, um, you know, getting quantities and relationships to a point where we could push that further down. Because even at that price, it still wasn't sustainable. Yeah, and that was one of the things that was like um, we were trying to – people were worried and advising us, like, don't do it in China because they'll just steal it, you mm-hmm. know, and they'll produce it and then sell it themselves and, and things like that. So uh, we wanted to find a, a partner that had worked with somebody else that we knew that, you know, so, kind of like they trust this person so we can trust this person. Yeah, And so that's – you know, that was part of – the evaluation as well, but also we um, we started going down the road of like getting a patent attorney and and doing the patent so that we could yeah. protect protect it as best we could. But really, what it came down to is, and people still ask us these questions because we help some other people manufacture things from time mm-hmm. to time and um, their products, and that's a question that yeah. people have. Like, are you worried about people in China? Like ripping it off, you know, and there's always that worry. But at the end of the day, you know, once you go to market with a product, like anyone can buy this and, and many Chinese companies have yeah, and have done their own version of this since, since then. And, yeah. um, it's funny how many of them don't work. <laughs> yep. No one's copied Consi- it exactly. Considering it's like, you know, it's so that's why simple. you do the design patent, you do the, yeah. you do the utility patents and you, and you do all the things to try to protect it. But, but yeah, yeah, so far like really poor copies, but copies. Yeah. Have, there, just, have there been any like exact like 
copycats of these? No, there hasn't. And I don't know if that's because like people don't understand like how to actually, um, I mean, we spent a lot of time going to like laboratories and, and testing mm -hmm. this specific, uh, the reflectivity and, and how to get the light to bounce around the whole phone and things like that. And so no like exact copies, you know, lots of clamshells, lots of, yeah. lots of bulbs like this, but you know, they're either, um, you know, have the wrong shape inside or are using the wrong materials, uh, you know, things like that. So, um, none really, uh, 10 years later mm -hmm. that are, that are actually effective. It's so, pretty amazing. So not as easy to copy as you'd think. Well, yeah. And so like when we advise people, it's like, you know, be, you, be as secretive as possible until you go to market. But once you go to market, anyone can buy your product. Any yeah. manufacturer can. Um, you just don't want your product to get out there before, you know, a lot of times it happens on Kickstarter where people oh, will yeah. reveal their whole product. Yeah. And, um, you know, a firm overseas will just be like, that's yeah. cool. And they'll make it and yeah. they'll make it faster than that. Mm -hmm. That group can, you know, uh, ours was just complicated enough and just niche enough that no one actually yeah. wanted to do it. Yeah. And no one really, I mean, this was in the beginning days of Kickstarter, yeah. like we already said. And yeah. so that wasn't really and, a, a and not practice too many yet. people had smartphones. <laughs> no, yes, we, we, you know, we'll talk about this later, but we really caught the wave, right? And it is about timing, a little bit of luck and a little bit of timing. And this was still early, you know, before people were overly using their touchscreens. Yeah. But so, so price coming down was a key to the business long term. But short term, price was an issue. And Wes mentioned patents and all the things, right? So you, you got you need to do a website. There was still a lot of things that needed to happen. So, yeah. so we still needed to raise money, right? Yeah. I think maybe some people do it just right and, and get just enough on Kickstarter to do it all. But we quickly found out that we didn't. So while still, you know, finishing manufacturing, we were also looking now for partners who wanted to join us. You know, and finding finding someone that would give us the funding um, to now build it, right? And not just build it, but turn it into a, a business, not just a, you know, fulfilling a Kickstarter project. Yeah, and, and Kickstarter helped with that, actually, because we didn't, like, where do you go to get money? You know, there were mm -hmm. some um, local VC firms that I think that we pitched, but once we launched our Kickstarter project, um, we had, like, firms um, and investment groups reaching out to us, which was mm -hmm. helpful. Yeah, no, for sure. And it validates the idea, right? And that's one yeah. of the biggest things is, you know, proof that there is a market for this. Yeah. So we found a partner, right? Um, found a partner, raised reached the money. out to us, which was cool, as Wes mentioned in, in Kickstarter. Um, and now we're off to the races, right? Now we can start putting money into actually building it, getting yeah. the website up. Yeah, and that was the hard part because it's like, okay, we have the money to build it, but like you can't, you know, we need a website, we need to market. You know, at the time you were marketing for another large company, so you kind of knew about mm -hmm. we had how, some much, ideas. how much we needed there. Yes, and I remember just, and this is launch, but yeah, I remember there, like, oh, it's going to be easy. It's going to be easy. I do this all day, <laughs> you know? And I was like, oh, I'll put X amount in display ads and all that stuff. And it was in like 2012-ish. So our Kickstarter's 2012. We fulfilled this holiday of 2013 so there's the gap there about a year almost right yeah. maybe a year and a half ish but anyways that was right also in the beginning of you know digital marketing ish you know well when it was when it was really taking off and so it means to be easy but what they fail to tell you is when you've got you know billion dollar brands behind you it's much easier to to get a return <laughs> online than when you're a no-name company so there you go yeah yep. we messed up a lot here and there in the manufacturing and the marketing and the spend all over the place but yeah, I thought that would be easy. I thought we'd be able to drive traffic, no problem. But it's all dollar bills. It's all dollar bills. 
I will. I do remember in the middle of this process, this is our Easter egg. We get lots of customer service requests. We're working with customers and, oh, sorry, there's another delay or this, that, or the other. There was a hidden email on my Facebook in my other inbox Who from was a it? Shark Tank producer. Oh, Shark Tank. And it was like six months after she sent me a message. Oh, man. So I wrote back and I'm like, oh, no, it's too late. So. Dang. Yeah, I thought we were gonna. You missed your my chance. Dream of Shark Tank it was crushed. So, so the moral of the story is: check your emails. Check your emails. Check your other check, inbox. Check your both. Of your the emails. thing is, especially that other when inbox, you're in a business, that other inbox got a lot of angry people from Kickstarter. So you didn't always look at the other inbox. But <laughs> moral of the story is: we uh, check your inbox, and we did deliver. So we start moving towards manufacturing. The website starts to put together. You know, you got nights and weekends because, you know, we're both doing other things too, right? And so it was – but it was so exciting, right? The travel, um, the branding, the, the design. What's the logo going to look like? You got to pay for a logo. Don't forget about that. Um, mm-hmm. So a lot of great things were happening, and you just felt felt alive. It stuck with us. Yeah. It's still oh, there. Sure. And right here. Got it right there. Got it up there. Got it right there. Got it right here. So um, – a lot of fun. I remember when we were the first units we got. Are we there yet? We have anything else so. to share are about done, manufacturing? Are we done with manufacturing? You have anything else you want to know about Like some people are really interested in that, and some people might be really bored right now. Well, <laughs> I think I think the next thing I was like really curious about is, um, I think we might have gone over this in the last episode, but how many people were backed you on Kickstarter? Mm. I think well, it was like I guess we can do a quick number because I don't remember, right? Because I think you're right. I think it's about forty bucks a pop, and I think it was about a four fees. Let's just say seventy five. I don't know, right? Yeah. Um, so there was about two thousand ish. Okay. <laughs> that, no, that that sounds right. We but actually it, built our. We actually, so many at first. We that's built crazy. ten thousand. Yeah, that sounds true. Wow, that's confidence. Yeah, we built ten thousand. That's kind of that's also kind of what we needed to like hit our price point too. Yeah, you know. It was enough to get, especially for the quartz manufacturers that were like basically doing this just for us, you know, mm-hmm. um, doing a new product, new product for them, mm-hmm. um, you know, just for our product. So, yeah, we um, we built ten thousand. So that's a lot of. It's amazing. Two two thousand of them were already like paid for. That's yeah. why we had to. That's why we had to raise money because it's like we could build just two thousand, but then like then the business is over. You know. Yeah. So there's and yeah, and there's the tooling, the molding, right? Oh, for the, the tooling. We were going to tell people what tooling was. Yeah, what is it, Wes? That was funny. So um, I feel like everyone knows this now, so maybe this is stupid, but like <laughs> for the people that don't know, yes. maybe I don't know. The yes. um, like, if you make something out of out of metal, you could like make a bunch of one-off stuff, you know. But if you make something out of plastic, you need this huge, <laughs> expensive, expensive piece of metal in the shape of. You need metal product, to make plastic. Hmm. And you pump this molten plastic into it, into it's this like metal how they make mold. make the rings of power, It's a basically. mold. Yeah. They call right. it tooling. It's a mold for the plastic. Yeah. And that's how, um, that's how plastic things are made. And there um, there's lots of weird things about it that you wouldn't uh, think about, um, yeah. especially in the, in the manufacturing. But the, the main kicker was it was like $20,000. Yeah. It's like an expensive thing. It's yeah. It's like what? It's like what? How many thousands of dollars? Yeah, we're like, excuse me. Oh, that that won't even produce all. That's not the cost of producing the product. That's like, 
one of the just entry fees. One of the entry fees. Wow. Yeah. One of the more expensive ones, but still, yeah. Whew. Now, you can amortize that. Um, you know, technically, a, a tooling can last for like a couple hundred thousand units. Yeah. And so when you, if but, you, after a hundred thousand units, like, it's like not very expensive, but it's a, it was a big upfront yeah, cost, pay for especially upfront, for, yeah. for 10 units. It turned out to be like yeah. five bucks a unit or something. That's yeah. bad math. But. So really there's like a whole session around raising the money for that. Right. And there might be people interested in that. So if you are, let us know and we can go into that, but yeah, but you got to get the money to make a business. Yep. So it's, it's, it gets on the boat, Right. Yes, I'm no, yes. no, go. go. It's coming on the boat. We got some samples. I remember we, we were together for the samples, and um, and it doesn't really happen anymore. But early on, the uh, I think maybe just the quality of the iPhones was low or whatever it is. This UVC light could interact like a touch capacity on a phone. Mm. So if you put it in there locked, no big deal. But we know that. So we get it. We're stoked. And oh, here's my wife gone. And um, we put it in there, and... You know, I had mine on or whatever, and we noticed that it's like making phone calls. And it's like <laughs> we'd open it up and your your home screen was wiggling. You know how you used to do that? And we're like, at least me, I was it's like, a ghost touch. It's over. Game over. No one's going to use this because they're going to put it in there and make FaceTime calls. Yeah. I don't know if FaceTime was a thing back then, but you're going to do butt dials from your phone. So bad news. Yeah. That yeah. was frightening. I think I remember seeing customer service. Yeah. Emails and calls about that. Yeah, it's quick, uh, easy. Uh, Taking easy. pictures inside the phone soap. Yes. Yep. And it doesn't do it anymore. It's easy because, um, well, so I think at the time it was also like, I think it was like the iPhone 4. Yeah, it was. Or, or something. Yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah 2013 and I think, the, I think yeah. the iPhone 4 came out and like, if you held it like in a way that you would normally hold a phone, like it wouldn't make calls or something. Oh, yeah. Was, remember that? I remember that. And I, remember, and, I emailed Steve Gate. Jobs about that. Yep. I wrote him for my oh, iPhone. Oh, yeah, because like, you'd be blocking yeah, yeah. the signal if you held it wrong. I remember yeah. writing an email like, I'm emailing you right now, and it's my data is working just fine. Yep. Such a big Apple fan. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, Steve. Yeah, everyone knew his email. Well, so like his response, uh, everyone was like, are they going to recall all their iPhones? And, and, and Steve was just like, just hold it differently, you know? Mm-hmm. And so nice. that's kind of, we took a page out of that book and we're yeah. like, okay. Let's put in we'll, the instructions. Just, just uh, lock your phone before you put it in the phone. Soap and Never we'll, a big issue. Now, like okay. Dallin's been with us for a long time, has done customer service. So you've probably mm-hmm. even seen it. So, like, it's not like it didn't happen, but another thing that just felt heavy because it was like, this is a bad user experience. Yeah. But lock your screen, put it in there, move on. Turned out to be just fine. Um, it's not a big enough yeah. amount of well, people it was just, to yeah, make it. And it was an easy an easy solution, Yeah, honestly. And as touch screens got better, like, they, um, there's not as many, like, false touches that you can do mm-hmm. on a phone anymore. And yeah. so... Didn't we test uh, UVC on the the Tesla screen Tesla and screen. still affected that? Yeah, that's <laughs> that true. That was a very powerful, undisclosed product we can't talk about anymore. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> that I get emails and messages about all the time. Yeah. People love it. So it's, it's coming. Very exciting. I don't, yeah, I don't remember what you feel then, but I remember the moment I was walking from my apartment to the what do they call it in San Francisco? The oh, Bart. Bart. The Bart. Mm-hmm. And it had a song on, and it was it was it was motivating. I could. It was by the Ava Brothers, and it was basically like now's my moment to be a free bird. <laughs> and then I just remember we and we and we had an order from Think Geek come in. That's true. And uh, Think Geek. Shout oh, out to them. We were we were yeah. I don't 
I still remember. There's, I think so. Okay. Thanks, guys. That was awesome. There's more geeks now than there were then. So. There's just a few things. Okay, we got a product. We got some orders coming in. We got the website going live. And this is it. This is the moment. I'm quitting corporate. Nice. Very exciting times. Very scary. And I was like, that's a good idea, Dan. Inside, <laughs> I was like, are you sure? <laughs> but I didn't say that. So that was fun. And it wouldn't, it wouldn't have worked. Um, we wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for like, kind of that leap of faith, right? That's a hard thing to do to be like after college, you know, I was basically working on this and, um, but Dan, you know, was start, had a good start to his career already. And so that's, that's a lot of, um, and yeah. you give that advice to people like, don't quit yeah. your day job until it's like ready to roll. But like, yeah, if you got time for nights and weekends and I mean, you were still working on some angles too, but more on this and yeah, just right. I mean, I think that, um, yeah, you don't have to bet the farm always. Sometimes you do. Yeah. But a lot of times you can wait until you actually have something. Like it was still a really big bet back then. For but, sure. Um, but yeah, you like had some interest and a product. You know? the pro- yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And so, you know, I think if you can make it work, um, there is a way to, to, to take, um, you know, calculated risk versus just full on risk. Something else. Fu- yeah. Something else I just remembered was our first office was in the basement of like an insurance firm. Mm-hmm. That's like right, in the basement down some. Yeah, I remember stairs. coming from. I remember coming from a high rise in San Francisco to the basement in Orem, Utah. Wow, um, filled with boxes to the roof. Yeah, well, what's what's funny about that is so like when you we ordered ten thousand units, I think it also was the amount <laughs> that fit in a. 20 foot yeah. or a 40 foot container, yeah, 20 foot right? At that point, yeah. And so we did the order and, and these 10,000 phone soaps are coming, right? <laughs> and we give them the address of our office, obviously. Yeah. It's like, okay, sure. And so uh, we just didn't think about this. Yeah. We sh- the, the guy in, in the 18 wheeler, in the big <laughs> semi with the, with the container, we can probably throw up some, I have some pictures of this. Yeah. Yes. He pulls up into this like, you know, business park. Yeah, it's a... Yeah, it's not a warehouse. There's no, there's no like lift gates. There's no, you know, forklifts to be seen. And he, he just, can't even turn he his truck around me, in there. Yeah, he can't even t- turn his truck around. He called me and he said, "Is this is this the right address? Because <laughs> I don't see any like. There's no warehouse here. There's no forklifts yeah. anywhere. It's like an insurance building." And yeah. I was like, "Yeah, that's us. We're in the basement." He's like, "Where am I supposed to deliver this?" And I'm just like, "Right here." And he opens. <laughs> he was pissed, by the way. Mm. He opens up the back and it's just all these pallets. Yes. And we could, and like, it's wow. like we had no forklift. No, one we, by one. Wow. So I, um, that was my afternoon. This guy hated me for it. He wouldn't help me. I thought he would like see me sweating, and, <laughs> but he didn't help me. So I unloaded the entire container of phone soaps by hand and put them in, in front of the the office. I think I so no pallet jack, no pallet just, jack, mm-hmm. just a bunch of box boxes. Box. Down would pay to see that, Wes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's why I don't go back there anymore. It's PTSD. Yeah. yeah, it's it's a wild world in the in the warehouse. So then we yeah. So then I think I recruited some friends and we put them all down into the basement. But that's that was our first shipment of. I I had no idea you needed a forklift to get a pallet out of a truck. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. So. Anyways, lot lot, lots lots of learnings, um, lots of little things um, along the way. I'd say if I was going to sum up this episode, it would just be like, actually the same way maybe I did the last one, mm, which is just it. do it. You just, just gotta, do it. You just got to do it. You just got to. Yeah. We should coin that phrase, just yeah. do it. it. It's a good one. Yeah. 
Someone really should trademark that. Yeah. yeah, that'd be really smart. Yeah, nothing happens if you don't if you don't try. And uh, you know, it's scary, but it was a lot of fun. And so, nothing like that first those first Kickstarter shipments going out. Right? That's a we kind of ended the last one with Kickstarter. You could do it again, but that was a special feeling. You know, finally after all that wait after figuring out how to manufacture, figuring out how to raise money, figuring out how to sell it. You know. Given our first customers, our loyal customers, who, by the way, they are still, you know, maybe you're listening in. So thank you. Like, we still have early, early fans and wouldn't have been here without them, you know? So yeah. it means a lot. And they actually liked it. They're like, this turned out better than I thought. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why looking back, it's like that other product was nowhere near as good as this. But it, yeah, that was a moment, but we delivered, you know, above and beyond, yeah. even though it took a while. <laughs> people were and expecting people were one thing, they got something else, but it was better. So that's right. So that's good. Um, we have a lot more to talk about. Great. Um, and so keep keep uh, keep your juices flowing in your head because yeah. we want to hear everything there is to know. We're just getting started. And next time, it's going to be a fun one. Okay. Great. So thank you guys. And thank you guys for listening and watching. See ya. Yes.